This is Someone Like Me, the official podcast for End Slavery, Tennessee. This show seeks to empower survivors of domestic human trafficking by telling their stories. We also want to educate listeners on what's really happening in their own backyards. I'm Leslie, your host, and today's myth-busting episode is with End Slavery, Tennessee CEO Margie Quinn. With a background in law enforcement, Margie offers us thoughts on the subject of, quote, rescue and domestic human trafficking. If we want to better understand this problem, it's important that we pay close attention to what survivors and experts are telling us. Originally written as a blog, this piece can be found on the End Slavery Tennessee website, along with all other information about the podcast at endslaverytn.org. Now, here's Margie. This is a blog that I wrote called The Rescue Mentality. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. There are so many myths surrounding human trafficking, and I'm not just talking about the easy stuff, like where it happens and to whom. It's hard to pick just one myth, but I read an article by Thorne guest writer Stephanie Powell about the rescue mentality, and so much of it hit home. I thought I'd start there. I dislike the term rescue. It evokes an image of a superhero flying in and rescuing damsels or gentlemen in distress. First, superheroes are for movies and comic books. And second, human trafficking victims don't present like that. It looks and feels very different than a rescue at the point of contact. When a victim survivor, a term that I use sometimes interchangeably, meets with law enforcement or victim services, it's awkward and uncomfortable. As a retired law enforcement agent, I've been in the hotel rooms or on the side of the road with a victim dozens and dozens of times, and each contact feels different. Anybody who tells you there's a formula for that is mistaken. Sure, there are strategies which are more likely than others to be effective, but each person is different. Each person is in a different place. Each person has a different story. Each person needs a different approach. There are some common themes, but survivors are unique and they require individualized care. Every day their faces run like a kaleidoscope through my mind. None ever looked happy to see me. Wouldn't it be easy if they were jumping up and down and yelling, save me, save me? That survivor is the one percenter and they don't always stay in that mindset. Many don't even think of themselves as victims, just an unfortunate example of bad decisions and worse choices. I heard Becca Stevens say one time, if that was her choice, what were her options? Right? I also attended a session at one of Shared Hope International's yearly conferences called The Illusion of Choice. Commercial sexual exploitation is no choice at all. It's the last resort the end of the line. If there is a rescue to be done, it should happen long before the end of the line. Many survivors become so ingrained and beat down into the life, they learn to adapt, cope, and live in an alternate reality, a very different reality than where you and I live. Many times that world demands a heavy drug addiction to survive the trauma and chaos. Many people have asked me whether trafficking survivors are drug addicts because of trauma or are they trafficking survivors because of drug addiction? My response is, does it really matter? That is literally a question of which came first, the chicken or the egg. At the end of the day, you have a trafficking survivor and a drug addict. Not every single trafficking survivor is a drug addict, but more often than not, that is the case. 
Over 60% of the survivor referrals to ESTN in 2018 were opioid addicted. Change is hard, even if it's in your best interest. Think about how hard it is to cut out social media or stop smoking. Now think about changing your entire life, moving, cutting out every addictive vice you have ever relied upon to manage a rough day, not to mention trauma or mental illness. Tough stuff. That's where we come in at In Slavery, Tennessee, a viable choice. When I used to meet with victims in hotels and on roadsides, it was a game changer to have In Slavery, Tennessee alongside me at the moment of contact. All of a sudden, victims looked different. They went from angry and sad to thoughtful. You thought I was going to say happy, right? No, not happy, but they were watchful, speculative, inquisitive. They didn't always accept help that day. They were too careful and mistrustful of anything that sounds too good to be true. We sell a dream, the dream of something that looks and feels very different. We work for stability, housing, therapy, addiction treatment, community, a life away from the chaos. It's tempting. But the last person who sold them a dream probably didn't deliver it. Even when they didn't leave with ESTN, they left just a little bit hopeful. In the words of one, quote, thank you for being out here for us. Who knows? Maybe you can save me one day. I hope so, too. The seed had been planted. Our philosophy at Inslavery, Tennessee, is that we will meet survivors where they are. And that doesn't just mean geographically. We will meet the needs of that person in that time and in that space. Sometimes it's housing, drug addiction, treatment, dental, medical, educational, mental health assistance, child care, or a strong shoulder to lean on. Whatever the need, we will bend over backwards to provide the services ourselves or through many of our community partners. This is a marathon, not a sprint. It takes time. Healing takes a long time. So, while the, quote, rescue may sound sexy, what comes after is anything but. It's a slog through uncharted territory for many. End Slavery Tennessee is there slogging through every tough step with that survivor. Quote, we can't talk about the here and now with a heroic mindset. We have to think of the years of healing and in terms of sustainability. That's a direct quote from that article that I started off with. We all want to think that what we are doing is making a difference, but that's not the same as saving people. We must be wary of the savior complex and not get caught up in doing this work to make ourselves feel better. This is about making others feel better. Sometimes it doesn't make you feel better. As referrals for survivor care continue to increase, 22% more than in 2018 so far, we focus less and less on the rescue and more and more on the sustainability of an agency committed to aftercare and community. We offer an alternative to jails, prisons, and sexual assault. We don't offer rescue. We offer restoration. As always, In a Slavery Tennessee thanks Jones Legacy Group for their continued support and exclusive sponsorship of this first season of Someone Like Me. Executive producer is Derry Smith. Producer and editor is Gregory Byerline. Music by Kurt Goebel. If you like what you're hearing, please tell a friend and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm Leslie Eiler-Thompson. Thank you for listening. 